members, this is our uh, first work session here, Tuesday, May 5th, 2020. And we have the Department of Emergency Services, Department of Public Works, Office of the Sheriff, Parks and Recreation, Airport, Golf Course, and Public Landings. And first, um, our Director of Budget and Finance, John Seaman, is going to give you an overview of the uh, FY21 proposal and revenue projections, and then we'll take it away with our departments. Jonathan. Okay, thank you. Good evening, commissioners. Um, we are going. I'm going to do a little introductory part, and you all have a book, which we're also going to project over here. And that's Brittany, and Brittany's going to work the uh, computer. And so there you have the table of context contents. But just to put this in context, let me just say I wanted to mention the schedule so everybody's sort of on the same page but so we have tonight with these four departments and then next Tuesday May the 12th is a regular meeting but it's also a budget work session after the meeting and what's scheduled is to sort of talk about the capital budget and then make some final decisions because really we said your proposed budget was going to come out next to on May the 12th and then following that we're going to have the public hearing which is two weeks after that on May the 26th here, well, on Zoom. And um, then there are potentially two more in early June work sessions before you approve the budget on June the 9th. But, you know, we did sort of push everything back so we could kind of make decisions as late as possible, you know, based on the situation so we could gather as much information as possible. So... Um, in your introduction, page one is the um, um, the revenue budgeted and the tax rates. And you will see as we go through here, again, county administrator's budget was put together before the pandemic. And so uh, this is kind of when we've been saying that we've gone from about 145 to 150 approximately the FY20 budget is 145 and we had projected going up to what shows here is 149.7 which is an increase of 4.7 million dollars that's not where we are really now but we'll get to that in a minute then on page two and three you have the uh, expenditure <coughs> items for the budget various departments um, with the dollar change and percent change. Um, so at the bottom of page three is again this $4.7 million increase in expenditures, which is a 3.23% um, increase. Following that is all of the various funds, which I won't really go through, but uh, starting on page four, you have we have a number of special funds. So, for instance, the Department of Aging uh, is followed by the airport, and then the golf course, housing and community services, community partnerships. I mean, you can stop me at any point, but these are all just our special funds. Um, some of which do have general fund components, but most don't. Uh, the agricultural transfer tax and the law library, inmate welfare fund, Kent Narrow special revenue fund, 
Narrows Point Shore, Price Creek Dredging Fund, Grove Creek, then we have the Economic Development Incentive Fund, and we have the Bridge Fund, which doesn't have anything in FY21, but it's included because it has things in FY19 and FY20. Then we have the Rural Legacy Fund, and that's followed by Sanitary Fund, and then Ski. And then Impact Fee Fund is on page 24. So, page 25, you've seen this before, but these are the revenue projections um, I would focus on. The FY20 budget, which is at 145, and then um, the revenues were estimated to be 147 before we um, hit the pandemic, and so now that's been written down. So the revised estimated is at 143. And then for FY21, the county administrator's budget was at 149.7, uh, but what we're now projecting is 141.9 or about 142. So that's what we're looking at for FY21. And we'll talk some more about that. I mean, I know we've talked about trying to get to a uh, flat level budget, um, which in this case would be, we're saying is 145. The original FY20 budget is uh, 145. So if we have a flat budget, we're going to adjust that. Yeah. That would be okay. 145. Although I suppose you could say, I mean, the revised estimate for FY20 is 143. Uh, what I'm going to show you later is, is uh, a way to get from the 149 down to the 145. At least it's one option for doing that. I think we may want to talk at some point. I know County Administrator and I have talked about going more, going lower than the 145 in line with this estimate, more like around the 142. Um, that being what we think is probably a more realistic estimate and kind of using the philosophy that it's, if we have to do things later, which we probably will, because these estimates are, you know, not precise at this point, I would say it's easier to increase later than it is to decrease later. So if we do do a 145 and then we come back and say, well, you know, it's really 142, that's harder to do if it's like October or November or something. So, but if it's, if it, we say it's 142 and then it turns out not to be quite so bad, it's easier to go up from there. So, so that's. So can we all be in agreement that we'd like to absolutely. go with the 142? Yeah. And so I mean, let's just cut let's, to the chase and play the worst okay. case scenario. All right. I'm glad well, you we'll, said that. Okay. 142. 142. Okay. Um, next page 26 is our positions. And this shows you FY20, FY21 funded positions. And um, so that's at 557. We then have the number of vacancies, which we're showing here is 24. So that's 24. This is always sort of a moving target, but that's 24 that we have now. Um, you know, in the context of you have voted for a freeze and that there are some positions here which would you know, come back to, which would presumably, I think some of these probably are mission critical or COVID related, so they would come back to you. I wouldn't expect necessarily to end up with 24 because I think we, 
just based on our internal discussions, you know, there are some positions like in the detention center that are kind of hard not to fill. So, um, but we don't really need to decide that tonight. So the 22 are out. We've already decided that. Oh, well, um, I'm going to, that's on a later page. They're out. They're out in my estimation to get to that, to 142. Yes. Yeah, they will be. But, but I mean, we voted the other night to put them out. Well, no. oh, well, you voted These are the new ones. You mean all, all, all enhancements? Yeah, so pull them out of the budget. Don't even, I mean. Oh, all so right. Well, okay. Then we other, than, other, than, other than emergency services, which we left that as the amendment to it. So. We, it yeah. was essential but, services, right. not because we had sanitary and, you know, whatever. Yeah, the 22 that you're talking about, I think, Commissioner Wilson, is are the uh, were the enhanced the new Correct. positions. The new ones. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. And I mean, I have to say, I mean, part of what's in the book and a big focus of what the departments gave us back in January was enhancements because their base budgets are kind of they're just like flat. And then the enhancements were a lot of what we focused time on. So, you know, that may be where the department's heads are at. We're now kind of saying. No, they're gone, but... They might come back in October, but they're gone for now. Right. right. But they're in the book, so if they, you ask, they may talk about them tonight, but right. anyway. That's what, those are the enhancements. And that's listed on page, the following, page 27. They requested 22 positions. We're at a million eight. And when, I, when we did put together the county administrator's budget, we couldn't even at that point fit in a million eight, so we kind of reduced it to about 742,000 which basically meant you know funding them for part of the year but again that was before we got to where we are today so following that is the capital budget is on point 20 page 28 and you will see um, there were a lot of reductions that were just to get to even to fit into the county administrator's budget so if you go to page 31 you can see that the capital budget as requested was about $51.9 million, if you can read that. 51 or 41? No, it was 51, then there was 10 million reduced, so it was 41. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So it was requested at 51, and then we took 10 million out to get to 41. So that's what's in the county administrator's budget right now. And, okay, then you have something we haven't really talked about this year yet, but on page 32 and 33, we did ask for the, you know, nonprofits and what we call the outside agencies. So they have submitted requests, mm. and you can see it there. Um, we funded 423,000 in FY20. The requested is 893,000. Um, what we did in the county administrator's budget, we didn't, you know, decide on any of these, but there is about probably this probably was about eighty thousand um, dollars accounted for as an increase so again this was back in those days we said the 423 could grow to about five hundred thousand but we didn't make any decisions about which they were that is something that you guys have always considered but we don't we don't really going to go over that tonight either unless you want to um, okay so page 34 which is arguably the most important page in the book because this shows you at least a way to get from the 149 down to 145. We're now saying we want to go to 142, which 
you won't see here, but we can talk about that a little bit. But what this does is it takes out, so the reductions are 1.2 million in PAYGO, uh, which is basically just the general fund giving money to the capital budget. So the $1.2 million is a reduction to the capital budget. Um, we've made some early assumptions about what could be reduced there. That's, that's cutting from the $41 million, um, which we weren't going to go over tonight, but we can go over next meeting, what those actually are. Um, then you have the enhancement positions. So this takes out the whole, all of the enhancement positions. That's the $800,000. We had in the budget um, cost of living, pay for performance, that's $1.2 million. And then there is $1.4 million to sort of get to the 145. The 1.4 is slightly um, not completely specified because we didn't really have the freeze in place. Um, if, if we hold, you know, if we have a hard freeze and hold to it, we'll save more than that, and that will help us to get partway from the 145 down to the 142. The other things that we've we've had some internal discussions about. Um, there's a few other things in there that we might propose for getting below the 145. One of the things that we've done every year is in the mouth program. We never really budget for that, but then in the end we the we always end up giving money to it anyway. So they kind of come in after the fact. So I thought this year, well, why not put it in the budget to begin with? So there's 600,000 in there for that now. So if you take that out, you just save $600,000. So anyway, I'm just throwing well, that out. Well, if we, we pass the, the ordinance, we'd save 200000 because I think we only collect four hundred and forty, right? Yeah, but yeah. So instead of giving them six hundred, we just give them the four forty from the solar personal property and here on out. Right, and then that way. Okay. One right. way, we'll, so instead of saying six hundred thousand, you know, right. we'll, we'll save two hundred thousand. Right. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. <laughs> and but I do think there's some more um, from the freeze that we can be can reduce this number further. Um, the other thing that we've had some internal discussions about is um, with the county administrator is uh, going back to the departments and asking them to give us reductions. So if we were to say to the departments, you know, tell me how you can save 5% of your budget, um, and we can do that over the next few weeks, which can then be considered as part of your uh, deciding how to get to the 142. And they can, you know, they'll tell us things that aren't really compensation related because we've kind of already taken that into account. But are there things that they could reduce, such as contractual positions, such as overtime? But usually it's a matter of just, you know, getting their creativity or thoughts on things that they could reduce. And you can't take 5% from everybody. That doesn't work. But to the extent that there are reasonable things that we could use, you know, that'll help us to get to the 142. So that's so. It. You're at 145, mm -hmm. and just and briefly, how, where are you going to find the other three million? Briefly, just. Um, well, okay. If you do the mouth and the freeze, mm -hmm. 
Um, but we already done, we've already done the freeze. Well, no, the freeze wasn't really completely included. It was a partial is what he was saying earlier. This 1.4 only includes part of the freeze. You could probably get another million just for the freeze. So that gets you to 144. Okay. With the mouth, okay, then you're a little below 144. Um, and then we'd look at these other savings that we think could get you to hopefully maybe 143. And then we just sort of try to get creative. I don't have the exact answer. I mean, one of the things we have talked about is, I mean, you know, we do have a revenue stabilization fund. We do. And that's if we my, had to come up with a million or two from that, right? that would be okay, too. That's the purpose of it. And yeah, I, I, I mean, mean I'm not for reduction of staff. Oh, we went through that, and it was a nightmare. And Yeah, well, one thing you haven't mentioned, we created an income stabilization Absolutely. fund in Correct. order to stabilize. And if ever there was something created for a use, this is the moment in the use. Yep, I agree. So, yep. I, don't, so I don't want the, the pins and needles staff. And absolutely. It, we, we just got it to where it's, the county's running extremely efficient, extremely well, and I think yeah. that I want to no, keep it that way. No, we're funded adequately, and the yeah. fact that we're, if we can do this without hitting rainy, when every other county in the right. state's probably, we're going to look absolutely. like a yep. hero anyway. Agree. Yeah. So that's fine, and you can do that. Um, but I'd still I like guess, to see Jonathan bring back absolutely. whatever he's no, had no, no. so we can at yeah, least yeah, yeah. put our yeah, eyes yeah. on him and say, I yeah. mean, if yeah. there's an efficiency upgrade, I'd rather pay for the efficiency upgrade because that could be long term. Right. I like to see what the creativity is. Yeah. Right. yeah, I want to see I the creativity side. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's worth, you know, asking people to see what But creativity is fine, but as long as there's an understanding that we, we are not last, last in, first out. That, that, that's not yeah. on the, that's right, not right. on the no, table. No, no, no. I'm not even suggesting that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right. You know, I'm just saying. Let's convey it that way, right? Yeah. Now. Other places where they can save money. Right. Correct. Right. Yes. yes. That's well, what creativity. Okay. To me, the way this plan works is that's sort of how we deal with FY21. Of course, it could be worse than that, but we'll worry about that later mm -hmm. if it's actually <laughs> worse. But so then we use the revenue stabilization, and then we look to FY22 to see whether we can sort of get back on track and really have a balanced budget. Um, you know, hopefully without using fund balance, but we don't know that either. But I would sort of reserve all that bad stuff you're talking about, not but for FY22 if it has to be. I mean, if we get to FY22 and we can't balance, right? Then what we've talked about is just because we have to put that all on the table is, you know, if you get to that, then you have, you know, you talk about furloughs or you talk about, you know, health insurance ways to save money, but I think we can hold that off until FY22. Right. That's kind of what we're saying. We hope, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's the plan. Um, so we will go out and we'll ask for these reductions. And that's really all of the introduction. Excellent. So Thank at you. that point, we were going to... Um, you know, I, 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 this, this schedule we have here? Yeah. Somebody needs to get on the phone now because this is not going to take. Everyone, Tell them all to come now. Yes, that's what I, I said that earlier. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo and seven o'clock is time. So we got we got to we got to see. We just right there. It's a it's well, a flat budget. I don't know how much we got to talk about. Right. <laughs> well, I, I would say, I mean, the sort of dissonance here, if you could say that, is, you know, all these enhancements are in here. When when Todd and I met with all of these departments. That's mostly what we talked about was enhancements because mm -hmm. that was back in January and February. So 
there isn't that much to talk about. Right. That's what I mean. The and those enhancements, and I'm sure everybody you've already passed the word is to look at, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no for now, but we'll review it as, as the year goes along and see, see how fast things bounce back and take it from there. Yeah. yeah. So each of these sections is about sort of their base budget, mm-hmm. which there isn't that much to say about. Then there's the enhancements, and then there's the capital budget. And their capital budgets are have some reductions in them. We can talk about that if you like. But that's what's in the book. So. I think what's really going to tell the tale is is how this quarter ending up last year's, how big a hit that is. Because we're kind of picking up both those hits, budgeting for next year, taking the full $4.5, 5000000 million away because mm-hmm. we're picking up the $1.9 from this year and the projected $2.1 from next year all in one fail swoop. So, um, you know, this, given at this time here to look at where this second quarter shapes up, that may give us some uh, – a crystal ball look into the future to see how bad or how good it might be going forward, even you know sooner than October, I would say. <clears throat> I agree. You figured yeah. second quarter numbers going to be in, in early July, mid July, so we'll know. No, we'll know how the no, big no, no, effect no, no, no. was. You, that's the fourth quarter. Well, our fourth quarter, second quarter of the year. Correct. COVID is affecting the second quarter of the fiscal yeah. year. Right. That is going to be the disaster of all disasters, though. So it doesn't tell you much of anything. But it's, I mean, it's going to tell you what the hit was. Honestly, it's our, like Jim said, it's yeah. our fourth quarter, but it's the second quarter of the, everybody's normal fiscal year. So yeah. no, it's hopefully by July. When everyone was home. Yeah. Exactly. That's just it. So when things start opening back up, hopefully here in the next week or so, and, and you see, you know, it gives a good six weeks into July, you never know. There's got to be hope. There's got to be hope. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you want to always hopeful here. bring, I think DES and I think Doctor C was bring them around in. there. Absolutely. <laughs> so. All right. Put them on the clock. Uh, Scott and Doctor C, come on in. All we right. need to get Doctor C to make a rule, and we'll be at twelve people now. Um, <laughs> we're, we're okay. We're okay. I mean, we there is an exemption for government. If, if Doctor C gives so us an exemption, we're good to go. Anyway. Good. We got the. <laughs> Uh, Dr. C, thank you for wearing your mask. I know you're protecting us against you. Well, somebody's got to send an example. For himself from us. Protecting us from himself by wearing that mask. At least that's the correct, politically correct thought process. I'm not wearing this for you. For me, I'm wearing it for you. So who's uh, Scott? Are you going to go run run through this, or Doctor C? We're going to go with okay. It's all for sure, well, I'm just here for the ride. That's right. This is the Scott Haas show. Not quite. And after <laughs> Jonathan's great presentation, I'm really excited to go over my budget with. Him. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were doing out in the hallway? Yeah. All that scratching. <laughs> with the red pen. You erase the red pen. <laughs> the white out. I gave, I gave the the shredder an extra workout. Tearing out. up some sheets. <laughs> So where would you like to start? Well, we have. Oh, so you're not. You're not. Okay. Well, I mean, what we have here, just to sort of walk them through that, just so they know. I mean, starting on page 36, and you can jump in here on any of this. But this is sort of your the base budget. This is there's administration, 
Um, and these really are pretty flat. I mean, they're not. No, I, yeah. There's not a lot of increases here, and they followed the instructions. And so, communications and the fire marshal. So, so can we just can we hold on for a second instead of speeding through this? So, I sat in at the DSAC meeting that we discussed your budget, mm -hmm. um, and what you showed us in your PowerPoint is that what we're looking at here? No. Okay. This is the scaled down version. Yes. Okay. So what you looked at was basically the enhancement side. Okay. In in what we were requesting on the enhancements, this is just basically a flat line. Okay. There, there's very little where we need to increase on on our normal budget. Most of it is just because of service contract increases and, and things along those lines. There's just really, there's nothing that jumps out if you look at our baseline. The, the bulk of it was in the enhancement request. Okay. But you talked about some important... Um, mandates that were coming out of the state in that budget process. They in here? Well, if you, uh, yes and no. So uh, when we hit the capital side, some I of I mean, that, if you plan on going over that, that's fine. I don't want to stop you, but I, 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 I want some to get some clarification I, from what I heard two months ago to where we are today. So uh, uh, if we could go over the, the baseline first, yeah. then I can okay. give you some ideas on the enhancement okay. side and the uh, there's one project in the capital that's extremely critical to the department that I'd okay. just like to hit on. Fair enough. Thank you. We did, um, on page 40 in um, medical services, I would say we did um, include some promotions which were, they have requested in the enhancements, but we just put them in the base budget because those promotions are pretty much a given. And so... They're not really very discretionary. So if you look at the salary, the regular line item on what page What page 40, are you on? I'm on page 40. Okay. And so, Commission President, um, yes. particular departments within DES, at what point are we going to be able to talk about those individual departments like fire marshal and like animal It's right in front of you. That's now. So that's now, right? That's yes, now. Yes, yes. Okay. Every, everything here is today. Okay. Everything right. here is today. So if so, if I if I can take us back to um, Fire Marshal page thirty nine. Huh? Um, how I know we have an, I know we have a far state fire marshal's office based in Easton, and I know that our fire marshal representatives are down there doing plan reviews and consulting with them out of that office. Are we utilizing that state fire marshal's office in Easton as much as we could be and then we save here? We essentially don't use them at all. Uh, when we transitioned over to have a fire marshal's office, we, we pretty much took on the whole thing. The only thing that we don't do is the state fire marshal holds the rights to do the school inspections and the child care centers. And so we don't do any plan review down in Easton? No, we do it all ourselves here. So we don't consult the state fire marshal's office at all other than for... If we've got a question on a rule or regulation, yes, we do consult with them, but other than that, no. Okay. All right. Thank you. We handle all of our own plan review in-house. Okay. Yeah. And what? how many counties would you say do it in-house? And Mostly really all the really rural counties 
rely on the state fire marshal? Most of them do, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think the, one of the biggest reasons back when our fire marshal's office was created was the turnaround time is right. why it was created, because right. there's an extensive turnaround time with the state fire marshal's review compared to what we were doing locally. And I, I think that's basically what created our department, because they couldn't turn it around fast enough. So we went that, we went that direction in, in hopes of turning over plans quicker? Yes. Okay. You got another one, Phil? You okay. Well, uh, okay, so not that I was singling fire marshal's oh, office. Out. So we have, I mean, just, you know, page by page, 41 is special operations and 42 is support services. And then that's, well, we have communications too. But that is. And the touch base real quick on the, the promotions that Jonathan was talking about. When our providers start as an emergency medical technician and they go through college, and it takes them about a two-year process to get a paramedic certification. So what we do is promote them to a paramedic level when they receive that certification. If we don't, uh, we're in a, a constant circle of as soon as they get the paramedic certification, they're going to go somewhere where they can right. get a paramedic job. And, and that's why we have a promotion process and a, and a ladder for them to, to climb. How long has that been in play? Quite a few years now, probably oh, eight or nine years, hmm. just okay. as a guess. Okay. It's been a while. All righty. So the next section, if you want to go, I mean, the next part of this is the enhancements, which starts on page 43. So um, you want to talk about that? There, are, um, We can do that. If, um, and sort of there's a if you go well, the summary of all these enhancements which is on page what page is that 46 46 is capital, That's yeah, it's capital. I was looking for department wide well page 27 so basically just in summary there's conversion of Ten contractual to four full time. There's an animal control supervisor. All right, wait a minute. Where are you, Jonathan? Well, now I'm on page 27. Twenty-seven. That's where, Twenty-seven is where all the oh, you put all the enhancements in. The all front. the enhancements okay. are listed there. Okay. It that's makes fine. it a little easier in some ways to kind of see them all together, so you can see all of what's in emergency services. And then there's the fire inspector, uh, three dispatchers, and a quality assurance captain. So, you know, I'd, I would like to see each department go back through and basically on a scale of one to ten enlist what, are, you know, if, if there was only $100,000 we could squeeze out, where would you spend it? You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. prioritize it, and, you know, and it just so that we know what we're looking at come October or November if things do loosen up. Oh, as far as the enhancement sections, you yes. mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, as far sure. as. Yeah, are I, mean, all I think that would be. <laughs> Well, I understand, but I still think that, you know, we, I always like to hope that we'll have something there that we can move forward and not sit still and. Sure. So if you okay. want me to quickly go through them real quick, mm -hmm. uh, just to give you the highlights. So, uh, and I don't have, I wasn't supplied to page 27, so I don't see exactly what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a summary. 
See, and I thought we already did this. I thought we already took the 10 contractuals and well, made we them. We did. This year, too. So this last year, we did half of it. So last year, we eliminated 10 positions and hired four full-time. And then the plan was to do it again this year. And that would convert all of our part-time over to full-time. Uh, okay, but where were, we, where were they going to? It seems like we had, we were staffed with going back. We had part-timers, and we were trying to fill Churchill and everything else, and I thought that was the plan, is that we take 10 part-timers, make them full, four, four full-timers, and now we had Churchill fully staffed and didn't have to worry about it. I mean, do we have, I guess I'm trying to figure out what the, the manpower issue is. Why do we need to convert 10 more to four more full-timers? Are, are, are we having vacations we're trying to fill voids is it just the manpower issue i mean i'm just trying to understand because we still have the same amount of houses and the same amount of uh, ambulances correct so if you take our staffing level right now we basically have a provider for every seat for every shift and when somebody takes off we're heavily relying on our part-time staffing so what last year gave us was i don't want to say a floater person but it gave us a person on shift to fill the voids so i constantly so if you were to do so, if we were to do this, for instance, you'd have another individual that would be working a shift, and if somebody called out sick, vacation, whatever, they would fill that void, and if they didn't fill that void, they'd still be on the shift. Yes. Okay. And basically, what we're doing is we're taking a supervisor unit out of service all the time to, to fill, fill the that. voids. And okay. what this will do is basically bring that supervisor back into play. Okay. That, that we don't have right. now. I appreciate the other, that. The other problem that we have with part-time staffing is what we're living right now. Our part-time staffing have full-time jobs elsewhere. Most of them are limited. Them They're come. not allowed to work part-time right. because of the crisis that's going on. Right. Any crisis scenario that we're in, we can't rely on our part-time staffing because they're at their home departments doing their full-time jobs. Okay. Um, so we're extremely handicapped when we're in an emergency and we need staffing. We've got to rely 100% on our own, what we have. And we basically have a body for every position mm -hmm. and we don't have any fluff in it okay right i, I totally get it i got it yeah so i guess the question i have jonathan for you is the, the enhancement request was two hundred seventy-six thousand four thirty-one. that was for four positions and in yes. the, the uh, county administrator's budget we funded one hundred and ten thousand. so how does that work out the, the bodies is that is that one and a half you're also reducing the part-time, like you're eliminating the part-time line item savings. also in that. <clears throat> oh, so we have a savings? No, because four, four full-timers, oh, you mean we also, from what we're paying for year, 10 right? part-timers, four full-timers, okay. Yeah. okay. But it's only part of the year. Part Most of, the year. of the way this is done is just you don't hire them in July. You hire them later in the fiscal year. Well, that's what I'm savings. trying to get at. I mean, when I'm looking at that line item for the uh, four uh, full-time with overtime and uniforms, it says it's two. It's going to cost us two hundred seventy-six thousand four hundred thirty-one dollars, but right. you only funded one hundred and ten. So my question is, you couldn't hire them until around March or April. That's fine, but if you hired them in March or March or April, you mean of the fall of twenty-one? Mm -hmm. So if we hired these four individuals full timers in, in March or April, it's going to cost us one hundred and ten thousand in this budget. Right. But in the next budget, it's going to cost us two hundred seventy-six thousand. Right. Okay. That's right. So just that's right. It's the way it's the way we shuffle those numbers. Sometimes it gets a little confusing. Uh, budget uh, theory one hundred and one. Right. Okay. That's fine. I'm just. I mean, because when you look at it, you go, "Well, that doesn't make sense. How are we getting four people right. for one hundred ten? You make a good point. It so you should have another column there, maybe that says full year cost. Or, or, of the next or year. yeah, just defining that that's you know coming on board in April. Right. You know. 
Thank you. Um, well, I guess that's the right. same thing with the animal control supervisor. That's not all, coming all on. Those, yeah, all those that's are partially funded. Like, yeah. Partially funded. It was the only way to. It's the only way to sort do of it. get. Okay. Stuff, okay. All right. So uh, next on list, our communications division, and uh, what our what our real need is is uh, three full time dispatch positions in this, uh, which would build an extra person on each shift. There the was same a, situation. Yeah the yeah. the study there was a study done this last year that evaluated staffing levels of all dispatch centers across the state of Maryland, which was part of the next gen nine one one. Uh, group which uh, Jonathan sits on that group uh, the recommendation for our center came back at, at seven personnel per shift we're at five right now we are trying to up that to six uh, the semi good news with that which Jonathan may disagree a little bit on uh, but the 911 fee put on the phones uh, increases our revenue for this upcoming year about $300,000 and we're allowed to use that revenue towards salaries. So our, our push for this was with that revenue increase is to hire the positions that we need in the dispatch room. Okay. Uh, the animal control supervisor right now, we, we inherited the animal control division into our department about three years ago. Uh, it's been, I think, for them and for us, relatively good fit. Uh, we've gone a long way with them. Uh, they're a good division, but we have no field supervision whatsoever out there. And we're trying just to promote one person as a supervisor level in that, in that division. So, so, um, so that'll be an increase in salary for someone who already exists to become yes. supervisor? Yes. Okay. Uh, the next thing is uh, in there, which is not a mandate for us to have, but we are, we are trying to promote one of the supervisors into a quality assurance, which we listed as a quality assurance captain uh, position. Right now, we don't have, which is a state mandate, for us to have a, a quality assurance program. We don't have a really good defined one. And it's very difficult to do. It's spread over four different shifts and having multiple people trying to take care of it. We were trying to have one single person in charge of our total quality insurance for the division. That's a state mandate? It's a state mandate for us to have quality assurance program within a department, which we meet the mandate. So who's doing struggle. it right now? It, it's done uh, between By multiple shift supervisors? shifts. We have one shift supervisor that's primarily responsible for it. Uh, but basically what we try to do, is, which is part of the program, is to review the, a large number of the calls that they're receiving. So it basically constantly pulls a supervisor off the floor, out of the room, and into a room listening to recordings all day. Ugh. It's a fun job. <laughs> this, Not is, really. this is something, you know, all the other rural counties have to do this and... All the other rural counties have a little bit different way of how they handle it, do it. Everybody does it a little bit different way. I mean, I feel and like again, we are meeting the mandate right now with with having one of the shift lieutenants assigned to do it. Yeah. But that's all they do. They don't they don't manage the shift. They're managing the quality assurance program. So so just for general knowledge purposes, that the the um, what do you call it again? Compliance. 
Mm-hmm. Quality assurance. Quality assurance. So, and this is a, obviously a state mandate that that you submit to the state certain reports after shifts end. Uh, it, we have an annual audit every year, and they come in and review everything that we've done throughout the year. Okay. And so, what it, what is actually being logged? Um, to be in compliance, like the number of calls, how it was treated, how long, I mean, all that information that basically just happens in a single shift gets compiled into report, and then you guys have to provide that to the state. Is that for funding reasons or? Yes, and that's how we get the 911 funding. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it's very important for us to stay compliant to continue to receive the 911 funding. And we, again, we are compliant with what we're doing. The The problem is we don't have a supervisor on the floor while they're doing it. And it, because and it that creates a problem. Is a so in another room doing it. Yeah. With with that being said, you know, we, we, we try to do this with the Board of Ed and, and other departments. What do you see coming in 21, 22, 23 when it comes to state mandates, state, you know, we need this, we should have that. Is there some kind of forecast you could give us saying, you know, okay, well, you know, if, if we got this this year, here's what else we still need to do. I mean, I, I think that it helps us get a better picture of what we're looking at down the road. And I'm not telling you right now, but if there's something we could, you know, maybe get in an email or something, so we start looking forward for projections. And start you know, budgeting for it. Right, absolutely. This is some big new mandate that's Exactly, you know. So, yeah. so the good news with this is everything that we're mandated to do is basically heavily funded with the new 911 fees that they're doing. And I'm going to kind of hit that when we hit a little later into this, uh, when we hit the capital side. Uh, but there's there's two sides of this. So we go to the state and we ask for funding through the state 911 board. Uh, and we've got a project coming to you next week uh, that is a million-dollar project for our phone system that the state's paying for through the 911 fees. So a lot of the things that we have to pay for this year out of our own operating budget, we don't have to pay for next year out of our operating budget. The problem that I have is we don't have exact numbers of what that is at this moment, uh, and we probably won't have what that exactly is when the budget is struck. And we're learning it as we go because it just got implemented. Uh, so all we have right now is projections on what they feel that we're going to receive because of the increase from what they've seen on the first quarter. And we have a list of what we project that they're going to fund for this upcoming year. But most of our service contracts and maintenance agreements that we have with our phone system and connected to the 911 services is going to be paid for 100% by the state, which was about a hundred dollars to $150,000 number in our budget this last year I remember very good so the issue that we focused on and Scott and I talked about when we had our meetings was was really the same thing you were saying which is I mean the big thing that's out there to me anyway because I sat on this committee was next gen 911 so my question was okay well if we do these three now are we going to need to do another three next year or two years or whatever just because next gen is sort of the future. Now, you may say it's sort of partly already there, but that was sort of my question was, I didn't want to say, well, we're going to add three here, but then next year we're just going to have to add three more because that's what's going to be required. And I don't know if you can say that, but. 
Well, the, diffi yeah. the difficult part that I have to answer that question is I, I don't project needing additional staff after this request for at least two to three years. But what's going to come into play over these two to three years is video calling. Mm -hmm. And I don't have an answer on how much that's going to tie the staff up when we start doing video calling. Uh, but that's, I think, uh, an unanswered question across the United States right now is what, what that is going to do. But that's kind of a game changer when they start doing video calls. Mm -hmm. yep. Right now we're doing everything next-gen that's available next generation. We're, we're doing it at our 911 center now. Um, the only thing that we're not part of next generation, which we're in a process with the nine jurisdictions on the eastern shore, uh, is converting our system over to be next generation compatible, which is basically going from a copper-based phone system to an IP-based phone system. So, Scott, when, when you talk about uh, staffing as it moves forward, the task force and my understanding when, when it was all debated and everything else was that the costs were going to be progressive to the needs to where the counties were not going to absorb any additional operating costs for the next gen nine one, whether it was video, the calling and all that stuff. Is, is that still That's in still play? in the play, yes. Okay. All right. And uh, an option, long-term option is uh, they increased, and I don't have all this embedded in the memory. So the increase on the phone uh, system for this upcoming year is $1.25. Uh, and 75 cents of that $1.25 goes to the county and 50 cents goes to the state. And we're allowed to bid on state projects off of that 50 cents side. The difference is uh, from this year to, to what they're currently doing is last year's numbers were based off of if you had five phones on your on your home plan, single. it was only a single phone. Now it's all five phones right. that are getting the bill. Right, which is a nice boost in. So the the leverage or the wiggle room that they, they gave the, the counties, if if it's not enough to cover it, is the counties have the obligation after the first year of evaluation of this is to increase the fee of the 911 phone fee. Locally, right? Locally, right. Okay. which is something that is an option. I wouldn't say obligation. I would say authorization. Well, the ability I, to. I think you'll yes, ability to. If you see that it's not at 100%, then the counties can go in and raise another set of Well, I think it's got to operate like an enterprise fund. I think it's got to be self-supporting at this point. It, I mean, it's, it, if, they, if, if this is going to be one of those state uh, mandates that they put in and then they never stay on top of ways to make sure it gets paid for for the long run, then the counties are once again going to suffer just like highway user revenues and all the other ones that they've dropped in our lap. So it's got to be, we've got to have the ability here locally to make sure that that is a break-even at the very least. So I am I'm confident that what they have planned and what they have done uh, this year through legislation, that it is going to cover that. But you also have to keep in mind that it's not meant for anything that's not part of the phone system. So right. no, it I won't it. pay for a CAD system. It won't pay for a radio system. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of extra expenses. But the operational there. side, that's the biggest concern. Once you put in the equipment and it's all fiber backbone, we know that's going to last for many, many years, but it's yep. the operational side that's going to change. Like you said, the dynamics <laughs> of it will change and the needs will change. And that's where we don't want to get stuck for the next 30 years maintaining it out of our, you know, on the taxpayer here locals. Mm -hmm. time. It's, it's basically a usage tax at that point. Yes. If you're using your phone and then, you know, and you're calling 911, then you're getting, you're paying for it. So that's. Scott, did the state make a commitment to a vendor for this? 
are they still undecisive? No, the state has made no commitment to any vendor for next generation 911. It's up to local jurisdictions. So oh, okay. what we have done as a local jurisdiction is combined forces with the nine jurisdictions of the eastern shore. So we're currently we have an RFP out on the street for next generation 911 that uh, the nine jurisdictions are support supporting. We're the primary on it, so everything is getting funneled through Queen Anne's County. Jeff Rank is the chief financial officer on the project and overseeing the financial side for us. But we're at the beginning stages. We just posted the RFP, okay. uh, but we're at the beginning stages. But it's basically down to two or three vendors that are currently able to supply. It's Motorola, AT&T, and there's another one that I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Okay. Just well, curious if someone had made a commitment yet. All right. So, um, moving on. Can we go? To, so, the capital is on page 46. And what you see there is um, their request and then the proposed. So, there was some reductions made to get to the, to really just balance the county administrator's budget. And so, um, so there's some changes that I would like to do to this, and I can hit each one of these projects. Real, real quick, Scott, before you go ahead. So then, but you made additional changes from the 51 to the 41. Are any of those in the DES budget that we're not seeing here? No, these these are part of getting from the 51 to the 41. Okay, so these are updated to match the 41. They match the 41. The only caveat I would say is that when it, in order to get from the 149 down, there's another 1.2. Not from him but okay that's what i'm saying for each department let us know if there's additional that we're not looking so that we don't that is not on here that i'll have to give you next week but you and, said des has none so we're good he can move on and to that and then to to jack's response there also i, I i'd like to separate it out because we keep saying 41 but right. that includes ski and includes a bunch of others i mean i think it should be cut down to the ones that pertain to our departments yeah you're right that's not, yeah. not the number's not that big it's more right. like 30 or something yeah. it's not it's it's not you know sanitary and ski correct right that's what i mean so, so you want to see that number you can get, yeah you know. i mean I, I would pull those out so i mean we're, we're talking to public things 41 million dollars right you know where's yeah. my going so they don't understand it right you know right so that does look like a big number right okay. um, we can do that Yep. If, yeah, you can look at the total. So, and while we're talking about how your organizationals, uh, I, you know, I'd like to see it where the enhancements are with each group and a total on the dollar amount versus like going back to page 27 and yeah. you've got all these departments together, then you total it. I'd like to total it by departments. And I know you probably do, but since you've got a binder with tabs for each one of these departments, you might as well put their enhancements like you do have and just put a, a cost associated with it on a tally sheet. Put the roll-up sheet behind the uh, description. Okay, so you see, you're right, you want to see the total for each department. Right, because, I mean, just like with DES, we have the enhancements there and the, the explanation of each one, and the last page could right. just be a line item and a dollar amount so that when we start going, I can only give you this, we can all find it. From. Right, mm -hmm. something we can all find it right there. I agree. There. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, Scott. Well, I didn't no, no problem, no problem. You're the first up, so you know we got to. We're looking and going. <laughs> like I said, I was really, I was really excited to come in after Jonathan's presentation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told him to have candy up here, but uh, sure. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, is that all you had as far as the budget? Well, the, we well, the capital. Scott, he said he has. If we, if we go account. through the capital, there's a proposal that we have for transport units. So if you take the ambulance line item, hopefully after you vote on a project that we have, you can delete that one off of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the eighteen thousand for the enclosed trailer, you can delete that out of this. Which one? Oh, enclosed up. trailer. Yes. So those two. The enclosed trailer. And the ambulance right above it. So the project radio tower inspection repair can be deleted. We found funds within our current capital budget. Radio the hundred eighty-seven thousand or one hundred forty-seven. Oh, the one hundred forty-seven oh. that was reduced okay. down to eighty-seven. That whole thing can get deleted out. Okay. And what I'd like to ask to be put back in is the one replacement vehicle for the fifty thousand eight hundred fifty-four, if possible. Well, again, I, so that that would be when you revise this, revise what he's asking, and again, prioritize it. Okay. I mean, I just think that's easier for all of us instead of us going and thinking what we feel would be best. I think it should come from you. So these cardiac. Uh, CAD replacements, $1.5 million? What is that? That's the CAD. Yeah, that, that's the CAD that's replacement. The radio so that's our computer-aided computer. dispatch oh, okay. system they within our building. Computer-aided Cardiac. I'm going, man, what, we, what that, kind of that fancy things are we putting in our buses now? They were, that those, is, they were those aged out things that we're in. Yeah. So uh, our current system is 20 years old, a little over 20 years. Uh, it's been sold about four times in the last 12 months to 18 months. Uh, the current contractor who owns it uh, is basically giving us nudges, saying that they're not going to support it any longer and they want us to convert to something else. Uh, so in our current budget cycle right now, we've got a line item that covers a consultant to oversee our RFP process. We've got an RFP out on the street right now. We're just waiting for the bids to come back in and do the final evaluation. Right now, it's not looking like it's going to be 1.5 um, to replace it, but that's our top priority is is replacing the system because it's on its last leg, and we desperately and, need to And it's to going to have this. to be part of the next-gen 911. You're going to have to have all that stuff at, at the same level. So yeah. I, there's no doubt. That, that's a no-brainer on yeah. this one. All right, so the last thing I've got is the transport units, if you want to... Yeah, commissioners, we have a couple of things on your desk. Uh, we talked about those briefly. Um, as part of the, the CARES Act, we submitted our coronavir coronavirus relief fund plan last Friday, May 1st. We have two parts of that. Part of that has uh, been distributed through the health department, and that is on a reimbursable basis. And we have two items here for your consideration tonight, the first of which is um, the purchase of two ambulance-style testing units for COVID-19 testing and hopefully uh, vaccination in the near future. And um, there's an item there on your desk for that. I mean, Scott and Dr. Ciotola is here tonight as well if you have any uh, questions about that. But that is part of our uh, plan going forward. So we can take action on that tonight if you're So how would mobile testing so. work? Well, what we've done, as you know, we set up the alternate testing site at Chesapeake College for five jurisdictions. What I envision in coming as this pandemic continues, and there's no indication that this is really going to subside over the next 12 to probably 18 months, is to get to our more vulnerable population that does not have the transportation means and also our Hispanic and Haitian Creole population in North County. 
And what these transport units, which will be essentially our EMS transport units, use those, convert those essentially to mobile testing units, and we can go to those communities, go ahead and do the COVID-19 testing in those units. And when we have completed essentially the testing requirement to try and test as many of our population as we can, is that those units will then be able to be converted back to an EMS transport unit. And these units need to be fully equipped because, unfortunately, with the COVID-19, when these patients are having a respiratory issue, they suddenly become extremely hypoxic. And that's why I feel that we need the ALS equipment and the ability to render care in that urgent situation at these testing sites. That's what we've done at Chesapeake College. That's what I plan to then transition these into mobile testing units with both a health department nurse, staff, and an ALS paramedic from DES. As the vaccine becomes available, what we will be able to do is multiple pod-type orientation to do multi-vaccinations in rural areas in our vulnerable populations, both in the community centers, the schools, and everything else. And that these units will give us that ability. I mean, essentially, as the health department received these federal funds that were then granted to the state, I'm using the $4.4 million that came into the health department for specifically health-related costs to COVID to be able to plan ahead, be innovative, be creative, and go ahead and be prepared for what we're going to need as we go down the road. And that's why I'm asking that we get this approved through our procurement process with the county, and that's why I'm asking for your approval tonight because I really want to get this order in and utilize this money now. The second piece of this is the WIC vehicle that we innovatively put together from the state with Tech Ops. I want to do another one of those vans so that we can use this for community outreach as we go forward, again, for our vulnerable populations for diabetic cholesterol control and use that in conjunction with our community wellness program for the health department. That vehicle will be a state-titled vehicle the two transport units that will be essentially used initially as testing, mobile testing units, will be titled and tagged through the county. So that's so, where we stand. But we've got two. So there's I'm, two. I moved two, to. You two got two. Ones. Right. You got two there's two. There's two. I move to piggyback off the Houston Galveston Area Council by program and authorize the Director of the Department of Emergency Services to execute a contract with Atlantic Emergency Solutions for 557000 $940 to purchase two ambulances through the CARES Act. Tagging. So we have a motion and a second. So let me let me explain to the public that isn't following along with what's going on with this COVID-19 and the federal government's funding to, down to the states and the states down to the counties. Uh, we, we, Queen Anne's Counties, our health department, uh, led by Dr. Ciotola, is getting uh, – the first half of the installment of 4.4 million 4.4 4.4 million dollars to be used specifically to covid related issues be it ppe be it what we are just now getting ready to vote on supplies anything that can help uh, with this pandemic and future issues uh, and that's the first half and the second half is something the county's working on uh, to get uh, help with what COVID has done to the county and, and to some of our businesses, and I'm, we're going to hold off on 
really talking about that till we get some uh, answers back from the state. But this first portion has is, is, uh, been approved. We've, we've sent that application in and, and your that documentation money, in. We're drawing on that money now, already paying down Excellent. the 400000 that we spent for PPE, hand sanitizer, gowns, masks. COVID-related expenses right. across the county. So that's where the money is. not coming out of the general fund. It's not coming from the taxpayers of Queen Anne's County per se. Uh, so this is something that the, the federal government and the state are doing to help us uh, relieve some of the pressure off of our emergency services and all of our uh, supplies that we're in the county. And, and, and it's yeah. also based on that when we met two weeks ago, is it's going to plan for the future. So it, it, right. Dr. C's plan is to order PPE and things like that for the future, that will also will be able to be distributed to businesses to help them uh, offset some of them costs, correct? That's something correct. we had talked about before because some of these businesses aren't going to be able to afford plexiglass shields or whatever they may need to get back open. So some of this money can be used for PPE equipment like that to even help the businesses out. So, Did you want to say anything, Steve? Okay. Oh, I'll just say in addition to that, it does cover costs that we've incurred countywide from other agencies, Public Works, Department of Emergency Services, and others from beginning, beginning from March the 1st of this year. So some of that's going to be recoverable, and we're collecting invoices now to submit those for And before anybody sends any of us an email or, or a phone call, I already tried to see if we could use it to backfill uh, revenue losses, and it's a no-no. <laughs> so, so we can't use it for that. We can only use it to help us uh, cover the expenses directly related to COVID and help us in the future with uh, COVID-related issues. And this money has to be spent by December 31st? December 31st of this year. Yes. Right. December 31st. Yep. So these two units that are that uh, Dr. Ciotola is, is uh, recommending and that we're voting on now, uh, as you heard, you know, we'll be able to use those in, in the county for emergency services issues also. So it's, it's a huge win for the county. So we have a motion to piggyback off the Houston-Galveston area count Council by program and authorize the director of the Department of Emergency Service to execute a contract with Atlantic Emergency Solutions for $557,940 to purchase two ambulances through the CARES Act. Uh, if there's no further discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. We got another one. Well, so we don't I don't have think, a we, don't, I don't think we have to have a motion on this, Dr. C, because this no, is through I just the state. Need to, I just need to inform you of it right. and get your approval. Okay. We don't have to have a motion to procure right. it because okay. of the fact it's coming through the, through the state. state. It's going to be a health department vehicle. Excellent. I'm, so you're just letting us know it's going to yes, happen, exactly. that we're not going to go through the state process. Just like we did with the WIC vehicle, the mm -hmm. WIC van, the mobile van right. that we did for women and children through Tech Ops, and we're just going to get this going and get the purchase in and get it rolling. Excellent. It's an FYI for 144000 Correct. Well, at yeah. least it's a local contractor, local yes. businesses. I do appreciate you doing the work there. Yeah, that's, that's great. Those are good folks down there. So we don't have to Thank make you. up a motion then. No, no. we're good. Gee. You got anything else, Scott? Hey. Any? I don't have any other questions. That's it. Well, I just, you know, I'm once again, thank you, Dr. Ciotola. Thank you, Scott. You know, you guys are doing a great job. I, I will say in six and a half years of being a commissioner, I've never received a phone call about one thing negative from our emergency services ever. You know, I mean, that that says a lot because you know a lot of people will, you know, like to pick up that phone and be able to reach somebody. And I just think, you know, we, we've got a great team here, and, and kudos to you guys, and, and thank you for what you do for the county. I think our entire system is great, and the comment you just made is 100% our staff. 
Right. They're the yep. ones out doing well, the job think, every single day. And I think part of it too, Scott, is that that the way that you guys uh, anticipate mandates, anticipate um, the necessity of programs. I, I think we're always kind of a couple steps ahead of other jurisdictions because we're thinking, you know, we'll do 60, we'll do 90, 180 day. We're, we're way out in front of a lot of other jurisdictions when it comes to decision making to be ready. Well, I've got a very impressive medical do. director, and, and uh, it's your support that makes that happen. So, and I, we and I, and I love it when our med medical director's signing his name with our name. So that's also a beautiful thing. So thank you. <laughs> well, well, now that you mentioned that, Commissioner Moran, we do have vote on that one while we're there. Well, Good segue. While Dr. Ciotola and Scott are still here. We do have a letter that we drafted to uh, Governor Hogan today to hopefully provide an opportunity or some recommendations to uh, reopen Maryland and reopen Queen Anne's County and reopen businesses and things on a targeted basis. And uh, we did draft that with uh, the intent of of getting the board's signature along with Dr. Ciotola's signature. We did some, some tours around the county and looked at businesses that are prepared to open. They are ready to go. They're COVID-19 friendly. And we think that this is a, a prudent approach to try to get Maryland back in business. So, um, as commissioners, I've made two visits, one to read construction up in Barclay. And I was extremely impressed upon the measures that that business has taken to protect their employees and to still continue functioning. Last week, I did a tour of Paul Reed Smith's facility down on the island and went through the business and essentially discussed with them what they were doing to make preparations in order to, to meet the standards that will be required to open back up. And I would strongly recommend with this letter to the governor that Paul Reed Smith, with what they are doing with their shifts, with their distancing of their employees, with their policies, strongly recommend that we start a gradual opening of Queen Anne County again and allow these businesses to get back together. You're talking about 375 very qualified, experienced personnel that their depend life depends on whether that f facility can reopen and start go back into production. And I would strongly recommend signing that letter they're, with they're you. They're truly a model for how it should be done. But I just want to add, we're, we're, we're specifically in our letter addressing PRS and Reed Millwork and what they've done, but this is much broader than that in the letter. The gist of the letter is that businesses will be uh, looked at by the health department to see if they meet COVID-19. If they do, they'll get the green light as well. This, even though we're calling out two businesses in here, I just want to let the public know this is really a general statement about all it's businesses. It's a general right. statement about what we have in Queen Anne County. And if we do a specific rollout, a planned rollout, a progressive rollout of these businesses and say these are the components that need to be in place to protect your employees as well as the public. And if they agree to those processes and policies and procedures, then yes, let's start moving forward. Do, do those procedures no that you referenced, do they yeah. include um, annual inspections to make sure that they're adhering? Well, it certainly will be to a point where they will have to comply and we could do spot inspections. I mean, I went okay. to read. That's for when you okay. So does this expose the county and the medical department to having to inspect every business in the county? One, what are what door are you opening? Well, I don't think it should. I don't think it should. I think it, I don't think we should have to inspect anybody. I think that 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 should come 
should be complaint driven. I think that just like our code enforcement does, I think it would be the same thing for this. I mean, you know, Dr. C goes through and, and he checks these businesses and what they're doing is great. Now, if they decide after he walks out the door, they're going to do something different. I guess it's going to be on the honor system. Right. But, you're talking about but I, I think my you're talking about is, the initial opening. My question is. To he, he is not code enforcement. No. Right. And it's just like we do with environmental health, with looking at septic systems, right. looking at drain fields, the restaurants, making sure that they're in compliance with the health regulations. And same thing with pools. I mean, we have a set of rules right. that are on the table. Mm-hmm. We lay out the set of rules, what's needed for social distancing, protection, masking, face coverings, and things like that, and protecting of both the employees and the public. I mean, this is going to be not – I'm not going to go out and inspect everybody right. and give them a, red, a seal of approval. Right. No way. I don't right. have the time. Right. We don't have the capability. And personally, I'm not taking the liability. Right. Okay? <laughs> but exactly I'm recommending right. that this is what we need to start progressively opening our county. So, so to, to make it – a little bit more generalized, and I think to kind of what Stevie was asking is to get these businesses open, there's going to be a set of procedures that are going to be given out. We're going to get them out through the Economic Development Department, the Chamber of Commerce, all the avenues to businesses. They will decide after reading them, can I comply with this, can I not comply, and then they will comply. And if someone, like Jim said, is going to be complaint-driven, somebody walks in there and they know that you're supposed to have shields in front of the registers, not shields, it's going to be complaint-driven, then it would be handled pretty much like everything else. So yeah. You'll be I, closed I think down until you can it's, make a I, Look, I, and I but, feel confident Queen Anne's County, we have great businesses here. They're, they're going to do what they need to do to get open and, and no, move I, forward. But just to be clear, I don't want the public getting the wrong idea. This, this letter is specific to uh, certain events in certain businesses. So I don't want, you know, I mean, unless the governor comes out and, and says, this is also yes, we're going to remove X, Y, and Z, and we're going to open this. A, B, and C. So... I mean, I just think that, you know, uh, this is the first step, and it's, it's a big step, and I appreciate Dr. Ciotola signing But I'm saying our general, our general overturn in, is, in there is that we need to, if businesses can become compliant, we need to get them open. And that, that's that, the gist of, to me, reading that letter, that's what I'm going to get out of it, is we're looking, yes, these are two specifics that we've looked at, we've checked out. Right. We say, you know, Dr. C is giving them his blessing, we're giving them our blessing to get these open. But overall, we're saying we need to, move as quickly forward as we Absolutely. can with businesses, yes. and, and the process will be this, right. and, and we agree with that process. There you go. And, and keep in mind, too, Commissioners, this is, this is a re- recommendation, suggestion to the governor for his plan. It is all subject to the governor's approval. Correct. We think this is something we're ready to take on at, right. at some point very, very soon to allow for these businesses to reopen COVID-friendly and also to, re, to reinstitute and reintroduce uh, other recreational activities that are that we feel are safe, like uh, golfing and uh, family <laughs> boating yeah. as well. Yep. So, okay. So, you get a motion to sign the letter. Uh, I make a motion that we sign the letter to the governor. Okay. Second. I have a motion and second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank Appreciate you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Next Go. up, we have Department of Public <laughs> Works, I think. Thank you. You're sinking to schedule. Oh, believe me. Them last departments aren't going to Oh, no, we're going to ramp, ramp this thing up now. Let's go. <laughs> you know what the funny thing Send is? Send them DPW guys in here. All right. Thanks, Dr. Ciotola. Thanks, Scott. See you guys. Right. Cards are in there. Hey, Jim. Looking for you, I didn't have any questions oh, under the DPW tab. 
Do what? I didn't have any questions under DPW. Oh, there you go. There he is. It's only take five minutes. The man with the plan. And I, another. I think the only question is that. I know there's one more out there. There he is. <laughs> Leave it at DPW, guys, Lee to exceed the limits. Edgar. Look at him. Lee Edgar. Breaking Sounds like an rules. author's name. Um, Here we go. So we're going to um, kind of same format for Public Works, which is um, we have the base budget by division. So I'm just going to sort of walk through those pages quickly. Um, and you can stop me or Alan can talk about those. And then we have the enhancements and then we have the uh, capital budget. So, um, All right, I'm going to stop you. I, it's animal <laughs> services. I already got that. No, I'm looking at your visualization. What's that? You've got your multicolored graph here, but you don't have it labeled what color is, is what. What was the purpose of that? <laughs> That's our software system. We don't sort of ignore those. Boards. Okay. All right. I don't pay any attention. To Pretend that's not there. That's not there. Okay. It's million. Um, more towards the lower part of the sheet. <laughs> that's all. Sorry. Um, okay. So, uh, starting page forty-eight, uh, animal services is, um, of course, there for the first time in FY twenty-one. Yeah, that was a surprise. Well, it, although actually, I take that back. We did have, I mean, there was a budget amendment for FY20, but it's not here in the system. So there is a FY20 piece, which you'll remember we started in March, um, is when we took that over. And then mm -hmm. yep, this is FY21. I would say to you that I think we're still kind of figuring out exactly what it's going to cost. So this is... A moving number? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so we'll have to see what they're actually spending. There are 13 positions that are there, and that's what this covers. So, John, one thing I would like to see you do, um, because it, it just appears horribly on that front, um, is somehow, whether it's noted or otherwise, the 500 and some thousand that was going to AWL should be shown. Because... In the beginning, this shows a 100% three-quarter of a million dollar increase. I'd like to have a note out there that says this was the diff. Here's the difference, which is the actual increase. 248,000. Yeah. Yeah, we can, we can sort of put it as a note. Um, there is an actual decrease in the budget, but you won't see it. It's in non-departmental. I saw it. It's 500. That's where I got it from. It's 539,000. But I'd rather but you just you leave that as, as a line item here. and yeah. mm -hmm. let Alan deal with it later. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. But that's, that's all I would say. Just a note there. Okay. Um, okay. Then the DPW administration is next. The one reason that went down was because we moved position into property management, which is a new division we created. So if you look at the salaries and wages, it goes down by almost 100000 but you'll see an increase somewhere else. Where will show that in property management? So engineering is next, and um, engineering, we did add positions in FY20 for part of the year, so you do see an increase in FY21, but that's really because we added positions in FY20. Oh, yeah. Okay. But they were not fully year funded, so it, but that's where you see that. 
That's the increase game. in the following year. The shell game. Well, sort of. <laughs> okay. Uh, general services is next. Uh, and then you have property management. Property management also includes uh, weed control now, which was a position transferred from uh, Parks and Rec. So you got that now? It's, yeah, it just everything keeps rolling my way. You're like a big magnet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd He's negotiate. He's looking at Todd going, I didn't sign up under these I don't know why you don't negotiate with DES and say, look, you know, they've got, they've got animal control. They might as well have animal welfare. I didn't know I had animal services until Thursday, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, didn't move, you didn't move his desk down into that building, did you? No, okay. not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's going to aging next year. Hey, Stevie, you know how to get to DPW, don't you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next is roads on page 53. And um, this is all pretty flat. If you look at the total, page 54, basically a flat budget. Um, sanitary is next. That's not general fund, but um, we show it here. And obviously, this doesn't have any general fund impact, but it's pretty flat also. And we have solid waste on page 57. We still got to, uh, you know, that solid waste. I got to, if we were opening up Graysonville for one day a week, additional. I mean, I know I got the song and dance. I got the Potomac two-step and I got that email and it's like, I asked for one day, and it came out to like $3 million, and the whole budget's not $3 million, and I'm like, what is this? So, you know, I mean, I, I, I get that we don't think it might not be necessary, but it sure would be nice to have an actual number, what it would cost to open one additional day at the two busiest ones. Which is Graysonville and Batsneck? You didn't get those costs? They got just one day at Batsneck and one day at Graysonville. Additional? One, one, one additional day. I thought they had those numbers broken down for you. We can get them. Oh, no, I got, I got some emails, but the, the numbers were astronomical, and I, it, it just wasn't adding up. So, I don't think the uh, numbers were one day at each. I, I don't recall. I, I think it was a little bit more than that. But, yeah. It was more than that, I think. We'll get, we, we'll we can get look back at Over Batsnet? Centerville's probably the busiest, yeah, without a doubt. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I know Graysonville. I, I see that line always turning in there. So, you know, Because Centerville pulls North County because it's only open on it's Thursday, Saturday, and most people are going to go one of those two days. But right. Centerville's open. And I'm not time. saying we do it now, but it would be nice to know what that number is. So, like, in October or November or next year, as you like to say, we'll put it in in April. You say you so it's only $50,000, right? and, you know, we'll be good and covered. So. It's a snap. It's yeah. a breeze, right? <laughs> but I definitely would like to see that, you know, if we could, we could do that. And yeah, I think Shane just mentioned he thinks it was for three days at each of the sites. Three days? Three days. A lot more. Yeah. Than Additional three? Additional three. No, I just wanted one more day. Three days total at each site, basically. You're saying that's probably the cost you saw was for three days, though. That's what it was, yeah. In other words, open all. It wasn't all what you asked for, but that's what it was. That's six days, then, yeah. at that point. Yeah. We well, can break it down all, on all a per-day basis, and then you can just... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. We'll so get three there. days at every site. Okay. Very good. And one other issue on solid waste, we are proposing to raise the ticket books $5 this fiscal year. So from what are they now? From what to what? What are they now? 50 to 55. They're 50 to 55 
and then we will propose to raise them another five dollars next year if you want to to 60 and then we will be pretty much covering our tipping fees which had always been the goal we talked about this last year yeah yeah and then we had to go up to because we were losing what three right. almost three hundred thousand a year something like that it's a pretty hefty number yes okay <sighs> okay um Enhancements for public works are in um, engineering and in uh, general services. Um, well, we heard Jonathan's preamble, so we won't. We'll just <laughs> assume that the uh, the positions are eliminated, and we'll live with that for now. For now, Here. that's right. Capital budget, not forever. On um, the justifications and general services, two of them aren't really justifications or stuff we have to do anyway. We just want to track them separately so we can have a better idea of the cost. That's being the life safety compliance, being like uh, sprinkler systems, elevators, things like that that we have to do regardless. We're already paying for it. We just want to track it separately. We've also been enhancing security systems in all the buildings, which obviously there's a capital cost, but there's also an O&M cost to keep the stuff running. So we'd like to be able to track that. The only true uh, enhancement is uh, beautification because we've gotten complaints about some of our larger or more prominent buildings, the landscaping not being up kept. Got to agree with you 100% on that one. Yeah. Yeah, when the wife says, boy, that building looks like. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And those, I would say, I mean, this E2 and E3 are $5,000 each. Excuse me. So they're five thousand dollars each, so they're sort of. And they're not. They're money we're spending now. They're really not even an enhancement. It's just we want to track it separately. That's all. Yeah. There's not really a decision to make there. Okay, so uh, page sixty and sixty-one are the uh, as the capital budget, and um, you see here. Where I mean, that, so the reductions in red are kind of what we said was getting from the 51 to the 41. And um, I maybe just focus on a couple of them here. I mean, there was a we did have money in here for the CBEC sewer extension, which was taken out in this version, the 300,000. Um, what else? Well, you know, the asphalt overlays, we're ashamed. <laughs> he just never asked for the right amount of money. So he, his $2.1 million was requested, which we reduced to $1.7 million. Um, now, I will say the Kent Narrows public parking was in for $1.3 million. We took that out. Um, so that's... What would, explain that part. Where's that at? Uh, in the public. middle, under the roads board, excuse where me. You see Kent Narrows public parking. There's a million three. But what was that for? We, it's for was... a parking garage at the Kent Narrows. Okay, we talked about that. Just, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So can, let me ask before we go on: What are you chopping some of your overlays down this year? Yes. By how many? I mean, normally we do how much a year? How many months? This year we, we were proposing uh, 40 miles of tar and chip, uh, 14 miles of slurry seal, and about five miles of paving. As versus what up we ought to keep up every year. So what should we be doing every year? Um, that's approximately what we should be doing every year to keep to keep on par. 
but okay. we've had we've had a very robust couple of years. So I understand. Yeah, and not included in that is the uh, uh, Chesapeake Bay Business Park, which okay. that would be a state aid project. So that's an eighty twenty split. The, that's the slurry, right? That's paving. That's one of our larger projects. That's about a oh, yeah. that's about an eight hundred thousand dollar project to do that. So the tar and chip, you're completely up to speed and keeping up. Yeah, this particular in current year we're in right now, FY20, we did not slurry seal or tar and chip. We used the money to pave. We used the money for hot mix asphalt. So we are a little behind with slurry seal and tar and chip because we, we defer. Yeah. We, we asked for two point something and we got 1.8. So we decided to focus that money on asphalt because the previous years we had used our money for tar and chip and slurry seal and weren't able to actually pave for about a year or two. So we, we wanted to get back to paving. So, okay. so I missed the numbers at the beginning. So what, are the, what are those? Can you give those average miles per year of each one that you need to, to kind of stay on par throughout the county? Not just what you're doing this year, but average each year. What is it? Uh, how many miles of tar and chip did you say? Tar and chip, we range uh, from 40 to 60 miles of tar and chip, about 12 to 14 miles of slurry seal, and then anywhere from three to maybe seven miles of paving, depending on the, the size of the project. Okay. Some, some roads need uh, reclamation uh, patching, which is, increases the cost, so we can't pave as much. But the road's in worse condition, so we have to do a lot more base work. So that's typically the mileage we, we try to do every year. Am I correct in thinking we have 500 miles of tar and chip? Uh, approximately. Yeah, we have 562 miles of roadway. No, I understand. Yeah, the, the majority is tar and chip. Yeah, so the tar and chip... Let's say 500 miles the last five years. Wouldn't we need to be doing 100 miles a year? Um, well, we we slurry seal on top of the tarn chip, okay. so that adds that adds to the life of it as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's why sometimes we're up to 60 miles per year, and actually the average is about seven years, between five and seven we can get a tarn chip. Because it's because we slurry seal over this tarn chip, we get two more years out of it. If a slurry seal in the right in the proper place could last up to 10 years if you do it in say a, a residential neighborhood uh, roads like uh, greenville road for instance we tar and ship that about about every three years now right. because the amount of cut through truck traffic we get through oh, right. we're actually looking we want to pave that so part of this money here this, this 2.1 request for this 1.7 that's cut down to we would we would try to pave that road that would be one we would definitely be interested in paving because we're tar and chipping it every three years we might as well go ahead and pave it soon hmm. I mean, there are some roads like Wright's Neck Road right now that look to me like they're getting in pretty grim shape because the tar comes up and the chip is gone, and they turn into just very slick, very slick roads. Yes. And, to, and what do we get life out of the paving typically? Uh, A paved road should last uh, should last approximately twenty years, but about fifteen years or so into it, we might slurry seal that and try to get another. Five to oh, ten out of it, but oh, yeah. fifteen at the low end, twenty at the high. They'll say that they were so, so paving. We could bond some of the paving versus use and use the pago for the tar and chip and all. <laughs> yeah. If we're getting twenty years out of the paving, we may want to think about bonding the paving and pago on the other stuff just to keep it up to speed. It's super expensive. Yeah, it yes. is. It is. We have used bonds somewhat for that, so. I mean, we used to use it for all of it when I first, when, yeah, yeah. Right. but but now we've kind of, but I didn't realize, if you're getting 20 years out of the paving, yeah. then you're getting the life of the bond, so then... Pave, pave it all? Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
Having said that, there is the other, which the department doesn't know about yet, but there's another 1.2 million that we were proposing, you know, to get to the, the 142 number. So this 1.2, which is very sort of preliminary, but I did have uh, the other reductions that were part of that were 100,000 out of um, capital heavy equipment, which was 315 and 100,000 was taken out of that. Um, these are not final. And then there was another 150,000 taken from asphalt overlays. These two numbers. They haven't really decided that yet, but they're sort of. So you took 250 total out of there? Okay. I mean, again, you know, we could ask for priorities. We could what? We could ask for priorities and let them make the cuts. Right. More or less. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, are you still planning to do the uh, the roads in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park this year using the state aid uh, shared revenue? Yes, the 20% is about $150,000 on the high end, um, expecting some overages or uh, some things we might have missed. But, yes, that's moving forward. That's good because it needs it in there. They do. It's and they're, they're, bad they're beyond 20 years, I would say, right? They're, they're the original. They're the probably, back part definitely is. Yeah, they're 35. 35 years? 35 years. The project was ongoing when I started. Yeah. yeah. They look that's, like it. That's an example of a very wide section. That's a big, wide road. That's a yes. less expensive paved section. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, what are they, 46 48, feet? I believe. 48 feet. 48 feet. Okay. Anything else? Um, no, that's it. Thank you, gentlemen. That was thank you. That was almost as painless to us as it was to you. Alan, do you own a dog? I know where to get one. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a different one every weekend. Commissioners, if, if I may, Absolutely. would you like me to give you just a brief update regarding the Kent Island Library? Yes, please. Uh, we took took your your guidance at uh, the update that I gave you, and we reached out to the state regarding what they might be able to do for us. Uh, the state librarian was very kind, very accommodating. She fully understood where you were coming from with regard to the deadlines. Uh, she generously agreed in writing, which we'll present to you at the appropriate time, that uh, the letter of commitment, the certification letter, could be delivered following your approval of the budget in June. So instead of our plan to present a recommendation and everything to you at the end of this month, we'll likely come to you in June, which will give you time to get through the budget. And uh, so the state has given us the time to, to do that. Now, are and you going to be able to review the bids? We will. And will you, are you able to put them on hold till June? We I mean, have. What, what, I think wasn't today the deadline, or we we had extended it. Uh, the presently, it's uh, extended to this coming Friday, a week from this Friday. Okay. So we will have bids in time in the sixty days. So we we have plenty of time through the okay. month of June. So next Monday, you can send us a, a little update on what the sure. bids look like okay. and where the yes. numbers sit. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that then. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. And I, I believe the state librarian has confirmed that the grant money that 
is available, has been earmarked for Queen Anne's County, will be available through the state. This yeah, that was a concern of ours that right. it, so we might lose that. That's solid. Yes. She has confirmed that, and similarly in the letter that, that we'll give for you, we'll, we'll put that condition in there that your certification of this funding assumes that they are indeed providing that funding. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out. That was... Okay. Who's out there? Okay. Um, the parks the and the sheriff. Sheriff's out there. Who's whoever's out there? Bring them on in here. It's game time. It's game time. Game time. So what are you doing? You gonna go home and make margaritas? Is that? I don't know. My wife's got dinner ready. I home? said I'd be home by seven. She said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." You ain't gonna be. <laughs> That's right. Are you going over for dinner? Police cars are still. No, okay. you're going home. Yeah. Right up here. What are you doing? Oh, okay. Uh, Front row. Social distancing, sir. Yeah. There's six feet. We measured it off. Yeah. Stay way over this way, Gary. It's gonna come this way. Yeah, John, you need to slide over. Go. Sheriff, you need to, to go move. that way. <laughs> now the major okay. sit over in the corner. That's major. You you have to take that table right there. <laughs> you're you're on the clock. Your five minutes have started. Good evening. <laughs> Well, that was a quick cut, sir. <laughs> that was a quick cut. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh-huh. It's another great uh, great day, as long as our community and everybody's staying safe. So we were going to kind of go through the, the format we're using is to go through your budget, um, sort of your base budget, um, and then... They can ask questions, or you can comment on that. Um, and there's well, let me say this. Well, then we'll talk about enhancements, and then uh, the capital budget. The enhancements I will note are not really in detail here, but you have to go back to the page 27. So you go back to page 27. You will see um, kind of at the bottom there two part-time screeners and a deputy but we'll, so we'll talk about that in a minute uh, so here's the, the sheriff's budget uh, starts on page 74 um, there are some reductions in salaries which the sheriff can probably speak to and he and I have talked about that and um, to a large extent there were some people who left that were at higher salaries and were replaced with, you know, lower salaries. So that's one of the reasons that the actual salary budget goes down. Um, Jonathan, real quick, before goes down. They, they went down by half a million dollars. I mean, to me, that's he goes at the top of the well, Christmas he, list. Yeah, the, we yeah we lost about four four senior commanders that retired out. Wow. So with that, um, you know, that includes obviously the salary and benefits packages and things like that. Wow. So. so, Sheriff, one, um, sure. perfect timing. Jonathan gave us a vacancies and a requested <clears throat> personnel. So you have three vacancies. Are, are any of them deputies? Um, yeah, we, we just talked about this with Beverly. So we actually have um, we have one vacant deputy position. Right you're now. asking for one additional. So two. We're asking for to. We're asking. Uh, yeah, we're asking for the one. And then what we're looking at is, additionally, we would need one new deputy's position for the courthouse. 
That's what that one new position's for. And then the two part-time would be for the two additional part-time civilian courthouse screeners. Right. So okay. there's a total of those three positions there. But the vacancies... But you have three vacancies. I was just wondering what those are. You said for the PIO and what was the other one? Um, yeah, we actually have um, PIO, uh, administrative assistant, one deputy. Okay. We actually have two deputy positions that are vacant there. Are okay. you set up for both courtrooms now or deputy-wise, or what's the deal going over there? Juggling, pulling the ones off the road that are serving papers, and the ones that are serving papers are coming off to fill in for that courtroom. Does that work? We'll see. Well, no, because I can't get paper served. So it doesn't, it, it's, it's working slowly, yeah, but it's not to work. That's why I think we scaled back, and after we talked, we... But is that a... Is that a an occurring situation. I mean, how many times are two courtrooms in? Right sir? now, none, sir. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's keep it that. Let's keep it that way. Right now, there are no. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just keep Judge it Judge Barbera is going to open the courthouse again one day, and right. they're yeah. going to have to. I, I think that uh, once they get rolling, especially after the COVID epidemic or pandemic, I think courts are going to really be super busy because they're going to have a lot of stuff to get in within that one-year time frame mm. to provide a speedy trial. Right. So I think that it's going to be really busy, but we'll mm. do our best. Don't they need to bring on another judge? Well, they what? can have Judge Ross can sit as a senior oh, judge. So, okay. Yeah. Be- before Tired COVID, though, what, how many Matter how many uh, days? Or, or other judges from other circuits were coming. Oh, they had the um, they, ha- they had the regular court going, yeah. um, and then they had the master's Except court. They do that for us um, as well, and then sometimes they would have they would have an, another judge come in for some other civil trials as well. So, like five days a week, that was going on, or was it one or two days? Or? Major. Uh, about four days, at least four days a week, you had at least two courtrooms going. Okay, that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it was three, and Lynn Knight has promised that she's going to run two <clears throat> criminal courts uh, uh, on a very regular basis. She hasn't told us how many. I don't think it'll be five days a week. I would say a couple extra days. On a, on a regular basis to make up for the closures during COVID or just no, in general? She said that's what she wants to do from, from now on. Uh, she wants to do that to spread the wealth, as <laughs> she says it. And then there's also the uh, the other the magistrate case uh, courtroom also. That, mm-hmm. huh. Okay. So we are doing our best to balance the courthouse schedule now. So. All right. One of our one of our part times, just so everybody knows, one of our part times, but both of our part times that work there, the screeners. Um, they were working three days a week, but one of them needed to cut back to two days a week because of Social Security reasons. Um, so that's, you know, that's where his, his request is going to be even more valuable because one of our part-timers is now only two days a week instead of three. And the part-timers are a whole lot less expensive. All right. So there is, I mean, the sheriff's positions, there is a certain amount of Fluctuation, so I'm going to say I think the vacancies are not three but four, so we'll amend that. That's what's on page, what, 26, I think. Um, okay, so you go to the Capitol. We talk about the enhancements. Want to go to the Capitol? Yeah, yeah, just. Um, so there's um, really uh, vehicles in here and that is for how many vehicles do you have total our total fleet is um 
You're talking about with specialty vehicles also? I guess. I mean, well, no. 70. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty fair number. So seven. every seven years, pretty much. Every, you, they don't make it seven years after six uh, years. You're lucky and, if it makes it seven. And we have, we have a fleet right now that we've been holding on to our 2010s and, and 2012s. And the the electronics in them are obsolete. It's it's time. We need and that's. Well, I'm just getting if, if they're 70 and we do 10 a year. <clears throat> yep. Then then you're good. Right. That's yeah, that, that, that's the formula. That's what we're trying to get back to. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And last year we did step back and only did six. Okay. So we're kind of a little bit behind. Right. We're seeing that now in the aging Dodge Chargers are kind of. Well, they were a problem anyway, weren't they? Yeah, those are the ones that were horrible, right? Horrible car. Yeah. The, uh, the engines. We, uh, you lose a lose a motor in those anywhere between one hundred and five thousand and one hundred and twenty five thousand. And then one of those vehicles that you're getting seven years out of. Is that what it, you said? It depends on the, the use of the vehicle. Some years, some vehicles get longer, but the Dodge Chargers and all, yeah, average of about six. Five to seven years, probably. Okay, what kind of mileage vehicle. are you looking at after, say, five years? Again, well, we're average, the average deputy does about thirty to 33,000 miles a year. 150. Okay, okay. Sorry. 150 is, is usually what 7,000, I mean, seven years, you have about 150 on it. Okay. We had some, um, there were some other requests that were in the capital budget, which we moved into the operating because they were, we like the tasers which you don't see on here requested because we put them in the operating budget. I think it was the tasers. Yes. And um, so we kind of took care of that, thought it was really more of an operating kind of expense. The uh, in-car cameras, you can see that we, when we met with the sheriff and we talked about taking it out because we were going to attempt to, you know, extend, I think, the contract for another year. but. I'm yeah. going to let you talk about that. Sure. So what we did was um, we've been looking at different body-worn camera systems. Currently, we have Axon now, which is, is a really good system. That system is uh, coming up on its fifth year, its end of life. Um, and that means a lot of things, whether the manufacturer is going to continue to warranty it, whether we're still going to have cloud storage. Basically, it's five years. We basically need to renew the contract. What we're going to try to reach out to them for is, one, for a little bit longer period of a demo with somebody that we can maybe stretch this out. And then we're also going to look to see if we can um, kind of pit the vendors against each other to bring that cost down. So, or at least an extended service contract with Axon to hold us over through this budget year. Uh, and that's quite a huge chunk of money. Uh, to extend the warranty another year? No, we don't know yet. We haven't gotten a price back. But okay. if we were to go, we're looking at anywhere from half a million to a million dollars for body-worn cameras for five years. Mm. The problem, problem with the Axon equipment is we don't own those cameras. That was a five-year program that we we were fortunate four years ago to purchase that with uh, some excess funds we had in our budget. It was 300 and some thousand, I believe. So we purchased it for uh, just body alone, and that's the old technology. Um, so we purchased it for five years. The, the main cost of that is uh, the cloud storage of the data that we own. Uh, which has to stay on the cloud for four years. Sure. Um, so the problem with that whole system is the fifth year ends July of 2021, and technically we don't own the equipment, and we don't we don't have a contract. And Exxon is, um, you know, sometimes difficult to work with. Trying to get, I, I, we don't even know if it's going to be po- a 
possibility to extend the contract to keep those for one more year, the cameras we have, and to keep paying for the cloud. Yeah, we're working on that now to yeah. try to see if we can get the vendor to extend that. Okay, so we get to July of 2021, and it expires. What happens? Well, that's, that's why we're trying to gear up to figure out whatever way we're going to be able to go budget-wise. One way that the, sh the sheriff and I have been talking that's, uh, uh, is if Axon will extend it another year for us with what we have right now with the cloud storage, um, that would be a good thing, or they probably want an upfront payment for that for, for a year. So if we can do something like that, that would be good for a year. Another option would be um, we're looking at the, uh, the new cameras and the new contracts for another period of time. Usually it's five years for those companies. And then we're also looking at another company also that uh, is comparable. That, so we're well, going to try cloud to... storage always be an issue regardless of what company you get your cameras from? It is, but the, the price differences are, are drastically different in different companies, and you can, wheel and you can definitely uh, negotiate with them. So that's what, we have two demos that we're going to start uh, in a couple of weeks with two different com the two leading companies, and the we're going to go from there. Does, the five-year, I'm sorry, hey, I just wanted to point out that we had that up on the screen because what yeah. was actually when the sheriff submitted the budget, the five-year program is, you can see it on there because that was kind of the original. But we think, yeah, we do think we'll be able to negotiate that quite, we, we think we'll, but Axon's a good company. The problem is, is when you switch from one vendor to another, then everything changes. You've got a new logins, new storage, and whether you want to retain the old storage, and do we still have to pay for the old storage while we start with a right, different right. vendor for another four years? So we're kind of duplicating. So seamlessly, the goal would be to stick with the existing vendor, work through this with them, uh, and transition into Because you've had no issues with the cameras or, or the retrieving the data and everything else. Everything... The only, the only issue is now we're coming down to coming down to the we, end we've of the got contract. to sign up or we got to move on. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Right. so, But you, you would incur double the cost, though, right, if you leave action because we would. of We'd the be three for... years you'd need for the storage? I mean, not – it would be double, but it would there would be a – isn't there a surcharge for using double. the cloud? It won't be double. We, we've already paid – anything we have in the cloud at the end of July of 21 – we own for four more years. Okay, so they're honoring that side of it. Yes, then. we okay. own we own that data. Got gotcha. so because we paid we we bought it. Got it. Um, but anything that we want to store beyond July first, twenty twenty one. Correct. We need to figure that out and figure out which company. Um, gotcha. To go okay. With. And the concern are you, are you guys? I'm sorry, Sheriff. Are you guys choosing what what data to store in the cloud? Or in other words, you're saying you know these particular types of of data, we, we definitely need to save these. We can, we're not worried about. So some, some things automatically push off. Some things that where a deputy doesn't tag it or doesn't store it, but some cases might be around 10 years from now. So that data may have to be saved through the whole appeals process, you know, et cetera. So we're looking at really longer than four years for some of this data. Some of it will be just purged on out normally mm -hmm. and will just disappear. Okay. Um, but we do save, you know, Right now, we save all the body-worn camera footage, and then the deputies tag it for whatever case. Uh, state's attorney has access to that uh, body camera footage as well, so they can access that. Every 42 months, our data purges. So uh, any any videos from 42 months ago, it will automatically purge unless we've uh, held it in a, yes, unless we tagged it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Anything else? 
Easy enough. I Thank mean, you, that's, gentlemen. Yeah. That's the guys. We can find it. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thank you, guys. Budget, Sheriff. Thank you, Sheriff. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, sir. Gotcha. Bring Steve Shanless in now that he knows that we gave some of his money to the sheriff. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Steve should not be asking for much, right? Doesn't need a trust or something. Last year's budget. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We'll have you done by seven. We won't have you home by seven. It's true. I don't think we'll be you done by seven. You might want to stop these guys to give you a head. You might want to stop one of these sheriffs to give you a, a deputies to give you a yeah. like siren ride home. Jim doesn't need that. You got ten minutes, Jim. Huh? <laughs> you got ten minutes on your schedule. You can sit over there, Steve. I can tell you this is longer than ten. Joan, what'll happen is you'll switch with with Mike when you're ready. Now, I mean, you can come in, just grab a chair. You'll just take all the way in the back there, right behind him in that chair. There, back there. There you go. So we have um, uh, the same kind of uh, setup here, with the number of different areas for parks and recreation. It's starting with the general fund pieces and then going to the other non-general fund for public landings and colored golf, funny. golf and the airport. Um, and so it's the same format here, too, where we're going to go through each of the individual areas where we have the line items, which we're kind of just going through. There isn't a ton of stuff to talk about there, but extent they have questions or there's anything you want to say about any of these general areas within parks or recreation and then we go to uh the enhancements although i don't think you have any they don't have any they don't have any enhancements so then we go to the capital budget um so starting on page um 63 is um the parks um and the salaries and wages slightly lower there's a slightly lower amount of part-time we had some uh discussion about how we were budgeting for the part-time and so um we reduced that a little bit from fy20 but hopefully to make it sort of more in line with what they're actually going to spend um and other than that there were some small increases in, I guess, pretty small in supplies and materials. And overall, the budget was pretty flat, actually slightly lower. So I'm going to recreation. Recreation it is. Recreation on page 65. And there's an increase here in the part-time salaries, which... Um, I think maybe Joan could speak to it, or you want to talk about it? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll address it at first, and if Joan wants to fill in, uh, if I missed out on anything. Uh, basically, we increased the part-time salaries because we were having um, staff cover the uh, rentals of artificial turf fields. Uh, we need to um, have um, staff there to open and close those fields accordingly. You just can't 
turn them open and let folks run. So mm -hmm. if someone comes in for a four-hour block, we have to have someone there the entire four-hour block to make sure that it's the right group and that they're there on time and that they leave on time as well. And the second or third group that follows successively, this is some sort of order. And in addition, it's also just, you know, the other part of it is, um, you know, we're trying to do more programs. So therefore, if you have more programs, you need more people to, um, to run those, um, those programs. And just also because of the increase in the minimum wages, you know, each year it goes up. So, you know, that has hit us drastically harder in the last. Okay. Okay. So let's skip the other funds and go to the capital budget, which is on page seventy-two. And so what you see here is. Um, the request was $3.3 million, and so there's a series of reductions to get to 1.7. That's part of the what we've been sort of talking about is getting from the $51 million to the $41 million. Um, let's see. There's um, – I don't know what I would highlight here. I mean, to some extent – you know, the attempt was made to, because we had asked the department to prioritize their, um, you know, their projects. And so, to the extent possible, the idea was to uh, reflect that. There's probably more here on this list than they had on their list. But, Correct. but, but you know, you can speak <laughs> to that. And I would just, before we get to that, since there's the other sort of 1.2 million in which they probably don't know about, but which is in, in attempting to get the budget down to where we really think it should be in light of the pandemic. There's another $1.2 million proposed reduction to the capital budget, um, not to you, but, I mean, overall. And I did have, uh, took the rest of the trail development 100000 out for that. So that was, that 100000 was part of the one point two. Where it started at four hundred thousand, and then we reduced it by three, and we just took the other hundred. Yeah. So we're going to go one year without trail development. Which, I, I, I think that was probably on the prioritization was probably what you had on that list. But right. I'll let him. You can go over these if you want. If you like to go over the gap. I mean, I'll just uh, you know briefly kind of gloss over. I know when we first submitted, obviously, you know. You were probably taken aback by the total number of the, of the projects uh, in, in totality. Um, and then we had a conversation. We were talking about reducing it by a million. And so, right. you know, we went through that exercise and reduced it by a million. And, you know, that was something that I was pretty well ready to, to look forward to. But then I see an additional, you know, another $600,000, which was kind of a shock. And, you know, granted, I mean... It's still good that we're getting money in these funds, don't get me wrong, but just keep in mind the money that we're getting in some of these funds isn't enough to do the projects this year. It's going to have to be built on upon, you know, successive years. So if we have, I don't know, say 12, 12 projects here, there's not enough money in those projects to do those 12 projects. They're going to be deferred to, you know, outlying years. And as long as, you know, Everybody is aware of that and, you know, doesn't expect to see, you know, 12 projects and expecting 12 projects to be done. It's not going to it's not going to happen. It can't happen. Don't say can't. Come on. 
<laughs> come on. We've, we've Unless come we a find long a way. <laughs> we've come a long way in two years. We uh, have. I mean, a huge way. Our parks, our Cross Island Trail, uh, you know, the playgrounds, everything. I mean, you, great job. I mean, it, it's just the upgrades to our parks are just phenomenal. And we're, don't worry, we're going to keep that going one way or another. Absolutely. Don't you worry about it. And, and, you know, and obviously that's, that's what we want to do. And, we're, right. you know, we're looking ahead not only to um, – to, to increase some of the amenities, but also to take care of what we have. And I think that's the important part. And I think a, yep. a key... Um, is maintain, maintaining ma- it. Sure. Maintaining it. And a, a key idea of that is, you know, the repavement of the Cross Island Trail and the repavement of the Kent Island South Trail. I mean, those are, you know, huge investments that were made in the beginning. And at some point in time, you got to put money back into them to take care of them. And that's what we've done this past year. So right. no- you know, noticeable. Perception, public great. perception is noticeable improvements. Right. And, and that's... That goes a long way. Definitely does. Definitely and it's does. been really nice for people right now when they're stuck at home. Those trails are getting tons uh, of use. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's really distance spacing, tons of use. Right. I mean, one thing we can see out of this whole situation is just how valuable parks and recreation are to the public. Right. You know, it's a, it's a good way to escape out, you know, and still still have some sort of other human interaction besides just being, you know, sequestered at, at home. And, you know, again, having a good, safe park system is, is important. And, you know, just like anything, those things cost money. So, um, so you know, we want to keep One keep question for you, sir. Is your lawn mowing and all your equipment up to speed, or are you getting behind? No, we, we've been able to maintain cutting all the grass. So it's... We've been working. He's talking about the equipment. The Equipment-wise, <clears throat> you know, we have the mechanic. He's keeping everything up and running. Um, we had some. That's what we have for a couple bat wings on the schedule for this year, and another tractor. Just yeah. to try to get some of the older stuff out. But we've purchased a good bit of stuff in the last two or three years just to keep it upgraded. You know, so we don't have to worry about downtime and patching stuff up. It's keep it running. So you're happy with yeah the, with the capital that or capital equipment and money that we still have in there. Yeah. I mean we can yeah. purchase everything we need to keep going, keep moving forward. Good. So good. Okay. Um, Do we have? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joan, did you want to say anything? You want to? You want to? <laughs> she goes. Join I the have you, Are you good back on. there? Okay. <laughs> I mean, because public landings. <laughs> I mean, the Bay Bridge Airport public landings, it's pretty cut and dry, and there's nothing, there's nothing here that's... Um, I would just, I was going to show you, I mean, usually say something about the airport, and I wanted to talk about maybe the six-year program, but, yeah, I mean, the public landings budget, none of those operating budgets were of any great significance. The golf right. course actually went down quite a bit because they paid off some of their debt, so... The golf course budget is is lower by uh, really about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that's good. Um, yeah, and these other there were no reductions. I didn't make there were no reductions to public landings or the airport. Well, the airport operating looks like it's down by thirty thousand. So yeah, right. So, I mean, that's. I would just show. Um, the same with same with public landings. So. Uh, well, anyway, the. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're early. <laughs> hey, Steve, quick question. Yes. Um, Show the if the year. governor announces tomorrow that we Show can open year. our golf courses, how many days away are we from that announcement that you can be open? I'd have to double-check with Eric about getting staff. 
Staffing is going to be the hard part. Okay. I just and have, if a, staffing I have a funny feeling we're going to get that sooner rather than later. That'll be one of those uh, non-essentials that will be opening first. Right. And, and they're going to make tea times that day. Right. And, you know, obviously we can make, we can make it happen. Uh-huh. It'll just be a little bit harder. Um, obviously, you know, people want to work. Yeah. Um, but again, you still might have some people that are a little apprehensive, you know, right. depending on their I guess their that's probably just more of a heads up. Like I mean, if you guys agree or disagree, I just think that we, we talk about, you know, recreational boating is, you know, the, the social distancing right. elements there. Same with golf. I just think once we get that green light from the governor, the, I think those tee times are going to start plugging pretty quick. And so I think you're going to see golf's going to be twosomes only on carts. So one person per cart. One person. That's wonderful. Yeah. Open and ready to go. Right. Walking it, though, you can do four. Is is so? I'm just saying, put that back here because I think that's coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we can we can make it happen. I mean, Eric has staff. You know, if we have to, we can um, you know shift some other people down there just to to help in the meantime, just to get through that that crush and, period. And then, of course, period. compliance compliance with social distancing, like tea times and paying and. Right. You know, cart people cleaning the carts off. You know, thinking about that component and having those those protocols in place. And it's also making sure that you know people leave the stick in. You don't touch the stick. You can just go ahead and play. Sure. You know, with it in signage. I mean, that, you um, think about it. We're going to need signage to direct people as to what to do, what, what they can and can't do. So, I just are we talking about their golfing skills or something <laughs> else? <laughs> So, anyway, I just I have this gut feeling, buddy. There you go. go ahead, I just want to point out on the airport, we're showing you the six-year here <laughs> because the airport, um, you know, for FY21 is, um, it's not a huge amount. There's the, actually the fuel depot, which is not exactly their project. It's more of a general services uh, project. But if you look at the six-year, there are some larger costs down the road in terms of um, the runway rehabilitation. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we like at a, a 90-10 on that runway? Don't we get five, the... Five, five. Hang on here, because this thing is more complicated very than complicated. anybody would know, because the runway is prodigiously expensive, like millions of dollars. So even the 10, we kind of needed to, in order to cover the budget, to get the sale of the Right. Of the piece of land, which now is jammed up, maybe I'd really not want to talk about that project outside of executive session, sir. Okay. All right. So, so it just, there is some potential cost down the road. but um, Okay. That's it. Any questions for parks? Recreation? Any comments? Life is good. Thank you. We'll be here accepting uh, donations as needed. Absolutely. We'll be coming in for two vehicles. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Through the sheriff's office. And then we'll be talking about fireworks at the next meeting. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Oh, and just, then just, just FYI, commissioners, it sounds like the town of Centerville um, has canceled their fireworks display. Okay. For this year. I did find that out. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there for your information today. So, so Todd, if, if we close the Heritage Center portion of it down, people can still watch fireworks from their car. They do it all the time. I don't know why. I, 
Or the boats, if we're there. What, and what's the penalty? It's four thousand dollars on a twenty-five thousand no, dollar bill. No, right? that's if it goes past a certain date. We'll talk about it Tuesday. I just, yeah, I don't know. No time I don't, yet. Yeah. People but it's in their cars and. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's a way to do it. But, there's a way. So you know where I'm coming from Tuesday already. I do. I do. Let's shoot. Yeah. Shoot them off. I'm here. Okay. Driving. There I'm you go. shoot them up higher so they can see it farther. <laughs> I don't have to leave the in the backyard that way. <laughs> you, you want him to bring that up? It's some rockets on them. That's it. Anything else, Todd? Yes, Jim. Uh, one other item, yes. We have okay. one other item. Uh, the, uh, the housing authority? Yes. Yeah, this is a letter that uh, Commissioner uh, Corcorino had asked about. This is a letter just requesting um, the housing authority to help with the recruitment and selection recommendation process for a uh, vacancy they have upcoming up on their board at the end of this. Uh, <coughs> I move that we year. sign the letter to the housing authority asking if they have any recommendations for the upcoming vacancy. Second. Cool. Motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. There you go. Great. Thank you. Anything else? There you go. That's all I had. So we're good to go? Good to go. Make a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. second. All in favor? Aye. Aye.